Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Hey everyone, my name is Jen Lowry and I am the author of Ghoul School, The Case of the Missing Coffin. And we are on chapter five. There are seven chapters in this book. And so today's video, we will finish it off. So let's get started right away. Everybody, let's turn to chapter five, Ghoul Snatcher. I stretched my arms and hit the mop bucket. No mop was needed in the hall closet, only buckets, sponges, and other cleaning supplies. There it was again, a knock. It wasn't a dream. I yawned. Who is it? What time is it? It's almost 12. Time for class. I could make out Sarah's voice through the door. That was considerate of her. I'd already gone through every name at school, and no one would ever be this cruel, not even the seventh years, who were notorious for pranks. Well, except Mr. Whip, and he didn't even seem like he'd be the type. If he had no more ghouls to supervise, he'd be out of a job and destined to roam for eternity without purpose. At least torturing us was worth his time. There were no bells, no alarms, no spiders monitoring the halls of the damp caverns. It was eerily silent. I didn't like it. Where was my school? Where was the chaos, the noise, the shrieks? Mrs. Harry used her laser pointer to bring attention to the black and white photograph blown up on the projector screen attached to the cave wall. This is him, Mrs. Harry said, or her. We aren't sure who hid behind the mask in 1935, but this is the sole picture we have of the ghoul snatcher. I fear it struck the heart of Eldritch Falls again. Zoe asked, but why now? Why us? We've never hurt anyone. Jack said, I can trap him with death cloak vines. He'll never see them coming. Wait now, reassured Mrs. Harry. We aren't in true peril yet. I raised my hand. I am. Everyone turned to look at me. I stood frozen in the doorway, not up to walking into the classroom just yet. My coffin is missing. I won't be able to leave ghoul school until it's found, and I'll grow weaker without my birthright dirt. We keep in our coffins to sustain us. I can barely move my feet now. 
much less fly. Oh, dear, bellowed Mrs. Harry. Oh, dear, we must figure out who the ghoul snatcher is and fast. Sarah stood up. I'll hunt tonight. Who's with me? Everyone looked at her with wide eyes. No one else volunteered. I didn't blame them. It's okay, guys, really. But it wasn't okay. Mrs. Harry said, I'll go with you, honey. Let's call Mr. Harry. He'll help too. Greeny stood up. I'm in. Winnie and Zoe stood up. We'll help too. Just tell us what to do, Vlad. We'll do it. That's the problem. I don't know what to do. It's hard for me to think straight anymore. I think I'm losing something important, but I can't remember what it is. Mrs. Harry said, it's already happening. Did you sleep without your birthright dirt last night? I laughed. Don't tell Mr. Harry, but I used his closet. Oh, he wouldn't mind at all, dear. But it's what I suspected. Without your coffin and the soil where you were made, you'll start to lose your memories. I gasped. <gasps> My memories, Sarah said. That's awful, Mrs. Harry. We can't let him fade away. I dragged my feet into the classroom and sat beside my best friend. Or at least I thought it was my best friend, Greeny. If something happens to me, will you take care of Sarah for me? Will you tell her I like her? She's right there, Vamp. I think she heard you. Oh, sorry. I said blushing for a vampire was rare, but I made it happen just this once to prove I could. Sarah said, don't forget me, Vlad. What? What did she say? Who am I forgetting? Mrs. Harry stepped up and felt my forehead. He's burning up. Send a mechanical mailer to all parents and the council. We need all the reinforcements we can get. Mailers. I got a mailer, he whispered as he laid his head down on the desk. Greeny looked around. Raise your hand if you got a letter. Zoe gasped. Wait, everyone got one except me? We're all in danger now. They started with Vlad. I'll be next. I know it'll be me. I just know it, Sarah said. Mechanical mailers have to be programmed. You know what that means, Greedy said. We can trace them. I know how we can find the ghoul snatcher. Professor Slimbody will know exactly what to do. Mrs. Harry clapped. Excellent thinking, ghouls. On to Professor Slimbody's laboratory. Can you transform, Winnie? We'll need to carry Vlad. Vinnie made a snarling beast-like noise and grew as tall as the room. Mrs. Harry said, maybe you should transform out the hallway. I don't think you could make it past our classroom door. Winnie growled, sorry, Mrs. Harry. Out of my way, please. She did a switch step spin move, stepped out into the hallway with Vlad, and then in a second swirled back into a windigo. Greeny said, hang on, Vlad, we'll get to the bottom of this mystery and get your coffin back. I felt so foggy. Who's Vlad? It's worse than I feared, cried Zoe, and I fear a lot. No worries, dear. We are the best and brightest of ghoul school. That ghoul snatcher doesn't know what they're up against. A hand came and grabbed Mrs. Harry by the hair and stopped her. She yelped. 
Zoe screamed. Everyone turned and fear spread between them like a wildfire. Mr. Whip scowled. It's here tonight. It's come to expose us all. Jack said, here? At ghoul school? But how did the spiders let it in? I just got a drawing. It's out for blood. I'll show this ghoul snatcher what it feels like to be a ghoul when I'm through with him. Mrs. Harry said, Mr. Whip, that sounds like a threat. Don't make those in front of the children. She must have been losing her memory, too, because he threatened them all the time. It's not a threat. It's a promise. And I don't make those very often. When I do watch out, he said, with a grimacing smile that turned everyone cold as ice. Somehow I believed Mr. Whip this time. I never really thought he'd hurt someone, only scare them. Until now, until tonight when all that was forced to protect was in danger of no longer existing. Nobody messes with my ghouls but me, he said as he stormed down the hallway ahead of us, turning down a forbidden corridor leading to his private torture chamber. They all stared at each other wide-eyed as his voice echoed through the cave passageways. Nobody but me. Chapter 6. The Laboratory Professor Slimbody was the oldest living ghoul to ever live or stay dead or be, and be undead. How did I know? He had a trophy to prove it. Don't ask me why it had a race car and checkered flag on it. Maybe it stood for victory for having so many laps around this race called life. Maybe it was on clearance. Who knows? Professor Slimbody wasn't someone you asked frivolous questions of. He was a serious-minded, no-nonsense scientist. Mrs. Harry did all the talking and caught him up to speed. Drink this, he said in a thin voice and handed me some yellow gloop that looked like booger slime from one of his vicious pet hounds. One didn't seem so malice. He licked the side of my hand and circled to find a spot. Malicious. He licked the side of my hand and circled to find a spot at my feet. Dad always said I could control animals one day. Dad said... Oh, I could remember. As soon as the thick syrup entered my system, my head cleared of spider webs. What's in this? I asked, burping loudly, apologizing to everyone. Sarah asked, who are you? Hmm, let me think. Seriously, you don't know me? Dude, you don't know you. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? He doesn't remember. I'm Jack Greeny, your best friend since the first grade. I know who you are. Mrs. Harry waved her hair, and they caught glimpses again of nothing there but hair. It was strange how it could all stay in a form with no skull attached. Listen up. You're Jack, and you're Vlad. I know that, I said, adjusting my eyes to the electrical storm churning and striking inside the laboratory. Crash. Boom. The sounds of the thunderstorm were magnified against the walls, and my head was still aching. I'd only heard about the mysterious workings of the laboratory hitting deep within the deep recesses of school. My parents entered once and never told me why. They said it wasn't a place you ever wanted to visit because it meant death was knocking at your door. There is a brain in a jar that can talk. Had that happened to me just now? Was I that close? Wait, it all came back to me. My coffin was stolen. My friends received letters too. 
Professor Slimbody's gangly arms reached out to snatch the vial from my hand, and two quick strides of his carnival stilt legs, he made his way across the laboratory and back again. Greeny asked, Did you put sensors in mechanical mailers when you invented them? Of course I did. What foolish inventor would let out such an ingenious design without being able to track their whereabouts at all times? Sarah pulled out her letter and dropped it on Professor Slimbody's counter. Two worms escaped, and his toothpick fingers poked one and quickly put it in his mouth. Before Vlad could readjust his eyes, the second worm was gone. Evidence of the tail was hanging out of Professor Slimbody's cracked lips. Apparently, Professor Slimbody had a taste for nature. Professor Slimbody said, The letter doesn't have a sensor. It's the chip in the bat. Sarah said, But we thought you could take our letters and investigate the... Stop this instance, you strange ghoul. You're starting to howl at me. She turned to Mrs. Harry. What moon cycle are we in? It's the old moon, dear. Greeny said, I didn't know we had an old moon or a new moon, just a moon. Is there a teen moon? A waxing crescent is an old moon. What's happening to me? I'm not supposed to. Sarah's head flung back and she let out the most blood curdling howl I'd ever heard. Her eyes were no longer the color of the sea, more like a tiger's eye staring frantically around she fell to the floor behind the desk. Her knee slammed against the tile and it cracked under our feet. Professor Slimbody said, Impossible! You must be mistaken, Mrs. Harry. I keep check of the lunar phases like clockwork for Sarah. It's important that we don't come in contact with a werewolf when they... Too late, I yelled. She's changed. Sarah leaped on top of Professor Slimbody's desk and came face to face with the tall, lanky teacher. He didn't appear frightened at all. Instead, he yelled out in a strange language that reverberated around the cave structure. And all at once, purple, scaly, snake-like monsters started to appear one after another. Falling and tripping over one another from cracks within the walls and the floor. He clicked his tongue and they obeyed his commands. They wound Sarah with a thin thread from a large spool the size of a sea barge barrel. I screamed over the gibberish of the slimy snakes who were now dancing around Sarah. Sarah, what are you doing to her? You're hurting her. Silver-plated thread is tiny enough not to harm her, but potent enough to keep her contained until we find a solution. He pulled down a lever and a bone cage suspended from the ceiling came to rest in the center of the room. The monsters released the thread as thin as fishing wire and spun her into the cage then slammed the door with silver locks. With a flick of his scrawny wrist, Professor Slimbody flipped the switch that wound the clackety chain. He hoisted her high into the air, and she dangled like a parakeet in a cage. Only this was no bird, more like a vicious monster unable to control thoughts or behaviors or appetite. My eyes glowed red hot with anger. I demanded, let her out and face the wrath of a werewolf? I don't think so, retorted Professor Slimbody. Mrs. Harry shook her head. I don't understand how this is happening. First the coffin, then the moon, Zoe shivered. I thought I'd be next. It has to be me next. It has to be 
The ghoul snatcher is coming for my wraps. No one is coming for anybody, said Professor Slimbody, but somebody is going after this ghoul snatcher. Let me guess, I said. I bet it's me. How did you know, asked Professor Slimbody, as he leaned over on his bony elbows to face me eye to eye. Everyone thinks I have a plan. Well, don't you? I'm too weak without my birth soil. The drink I gave you will last you until sundown. How much is the undead worth to you? Everything. Then figure it out before it's too late. Too late for what? Asked Zoe, dragging her leg behind her as she got closer to me. I could smell her fear and feet. Both weren't pleasant. For you all, the ghoul snatcher is right outside this very cave. He somehow found the secret entrance. Let it be known that I, Cornelius Slimbody, witnessed the very thing myself in 1935. What thing? The day the ghoul snatcher brought rage with him and took my old comrades down. Not this time, I said. I was weak, but not giving up. And what you think you'll do to stop him? I'll smile at him, show him my fangs, mind control, something. It's about time for me to use my abilities on someone. Sarah howled from above their heads. You've put me in a trance. Is that why I like you? Winnie said, no, Sarah. I think you like him because he's cute. I grabbed a torch and started to leave the laboratory. Let's get this over with. Greeny bounded up behind me and his face glowed green with anger. Not without me. Zoe readjusted her bandage that fell from her ear and pressed it back onto her slimy neck. I don't want to do this, but there's no way I'm letting Vlad out of my sight. I asked as we made our way down to the, co the corridor, why do you guys always depend on me? Winnie led us, sniffing out the intruder and waving the torch, which cast a strange and eerie glow on the walls around them. Because you're to lead us, said Greeny. Remember the scrolls of Eldritch Falls? It says there will be a vampire that will have the power to rise up and ensure the protection of all creatures of the night just by the sound of his voice. You're the only vampire enrolled in ghoul school, so it's got to be you, Zoe said. And you talk too much. So it's definitely you. I do not. You do too. You're always getting us in trouble in potions and pirouettes. Whoever thought of adding a magical dance class to ghoul school is beyond me. That's my favorite class, Winnie's voice mumbled, rumbled the cave walls. She's not so elegant now, said Greeny, as they watched as Winnie galloped more than walked down the dark and dreary passage. I heard that, and I smell that, Zoe said. It wasn't me, I promise. It's not you. It's the ghoul snatcher, and it's human. I can smell his lovely blood. So it's a man? No, a boy. He's got fresh blood, fresh meat all for me. Greeny said, Winnie's getting hungry. That's a bad sign. I yelled, you can't harm him. He's got my coffin. He has to tell us where my coffin is before it's too late for me. Greeny added, I need to know his spell so I can reverse the moon back to a banana. We can't keep Sarah locked up forever. Nope. The harvest moon dance is coming up soon, and I actually was going to ask her to be my date. Buy her rose, roared Rennie. Hearing romantic advice from an antlered gargantuan of a monster wasn't really what I had in mind. Zoe said, sing her a song. You know how much music calms the savage beast. I can't sing. I don't even know why I was going to ask her to the dance because I can't do that either. What can you do? I can smile. 
I hope it works. Me too, because that's one dumb plan to stop a ghoul snatcher. It's the only one I've got. A plan should end and begin with a smile. Blank. Chapter 7, Where's My Coffin? The winds and spray of the waterfall caught hold of the flame on the torch and blew it out. We were in complete darkness. Ow, mumbled Greeny. I'm suddenly cold. It's a trap. I can feel it in my bones, growled Winnie. Guys, I think someone is stepping on my wrapping. I asked, can you grow a flame? Greeny said, my spell casting is gone. It's like I have a jumbled receiver in my brain. I'm scared if I try to cast another spell, it'll do more damage than good. I asked, why didn't you tell us? We aren't supposed to have secrets. Zoe spoke, I can do it. It's okay, I said, I know you're scared. I can. I'm scared. Me making a flame doesn't take away that I'm scared, but it's something I can do. Besides, I'm freezing. She hollered up to Winnie, pass me the torch. I could hear Zoe's wraps flapping in the wind like a flag being rippled and twisted. Winnie passed the torch, then pointed ahead and yelled over the roaring sounds of the waterfall that served as a barrier between Ghoul School and the outside world. He's right on the other side of the barrier. Zoe said the words, Ignitum Flamorius, and a purplish flame lit the torch, casting a soft glow around them. Greeny said, that's girly. Don't you want to tell me how proud you are of me? I'm proud, but that's still girly. Thanks, it's my favorite color. It matches your skin nicely. If you got a purple bow tie, maybe we could go to the dance. As friends, of course. If Greeny could change another color, I knew exactly which one it would be. Sure, that mm, sounds swell. And that sounded like the early 1900s. Swell? Who even says that anymore? I do, said the boy through the waterfall. I say it all the time. Winnie backed away from the entrance and Zoe asked her to help her retie her unwrapped feet. I'll get frostbite if I don't do this now. I need my toes to dance. I said in the most pleasing sounding voice I could muster. Where's my coffin? I don't have time to play games with you. I have it for safekeeping. Insurance. For what? For your capture. I said, you can't capture us. You're crazy. You're a boy. We are ghouls. We don't talk to you. You aren't supposed to know about us. We can't move around in the day. And you're keeping us locked in our school. Do you know what it feels like to be locked inside a school with the meanest principal in all of undead history? So we asked, how do you know about us? My family has passed along the stories of the ghouls and goblins of ghoul school for centuries. I caught sight of his costume. If you're a boy, did the outfit come along with your scary name? The ghoul catcher? It was my grandfather's calling to catch the ghouls of Eldritch Falls like his grandfather before him. Zoe said, but why? We've never harmed a soul. And anyone who can make up those rhymes and send those mean letters like that must have a very disturbed mind. A very scary mind indeed. It sure frightened me. You might not have hurt anyone yet. Not yet, but you could. I smiled, but clenched my teeth. I didn't think I had any power over any mind, not even my own. Where's my coffin. 
I will die if I don't get it back. But I thought you were dead. We are the undead. We feel. We care. We're friends. Whatever it is you're trying to do, we're asking you to please stop. My friend is stuck in her werewolf form outside her time. I need my birth soul. Greeny needs his powers back. The boy said, ghouls are friends. You're speaking so nice to me. Is, is this a trick? I thought you were all evil and wicked and cruel. A ghoul can never be trusted, Greeny said. The only thing evil is you. You have played nasty tricks on us, boy. My name is Rod. His voice rose over the waterfall, not as mean as it was before, only curious. You're not planning on taking over the world? Not anytime soon, I said. Seriously? No, of course not. This time I couldn't help but smile. I looked to Greeny and he shook his head. Humans. I'll never understand them. I said, we're not meant to get them. They're not meant to get us. I still don't understand what you want. Rod's voice was mixed with confusion and fear. If I'm not going to capture you, then I don't know what to do with you. You could be our friend. What? cried Greeny. He stole your coffin. He thought he was protecting his kind. Like you're supposed to be protecting ours. Winnie growled, you can't be friends with a human boy. He'll tell on us, Rod said. No one would believe me if I did. What would I say? Eldritch Falls is crawling with ghouls. They even have a ghoul school. I get picked on worse than I do now, Jack said. If you've been bullied, why do you think it's okay to threaten us? And how are you controlling the moon? How did you know where we live? to steal the coffin. How did you get the mechanical mailers? Zoe said, he knows too much. He's a danger to our kind. I stepped through the waterfall to get a closer look at Rod. Sometimes it takes staring someone in the eye to get the facts. Sometimes it takes courage to do that. I had no choice. Can I have my coffin back? And I promise we can be friends. I have your coffin in a safe place. Can you turn the moon back to its cyclical phase? Can you give Greeny his powers back? Rod pulled a small controller out of his pocket. My grandfather made this for me. He told me it finds the inner secret frights of ghouls and turns them into scaredy cats. Zoe raised her hand and said, I'm already one of those. Guilty. There's no need for the controller for me. That's probably why I wasn't next. Greeny said, it knew I'd be scared without my powers. To be human is never a form I want to take. Zoe added, it recognized Sarah was afraid of a forever full moon. Winnie yelled, I have no fears. It does nothing to me. Rod asked, nothing. You fear nothing? Nope. Why should I fear? I'm a Wendigo. I said, you weren't all that tough as Winnie back there thinking your heart would be captured in a box. Rennie roared. Let him try. He will suffer. I screamed, wait, back up, Winnie. I'll be toast without my coffin. The boy pushed buttons on the controller, resetting it. I looked up and saw the moon go on a diet. Rod said, I'm sorry about what I did to you and your friends. I didn't know. Well, now you do. We're just like you. 
but ghoulish. A little ghoulish never hurt anybody, Rod said. I begged to differ. It hurt me in less than an hour. I waved my watch in front of my face. Come on, follow me. I shimmied down the rocky cliff and fell on the path. I called out, aren't you guys coming? No, we're cool. We're good right here. Go on with the human. Go take care of that coffin. We're going to check on Sarah and Mrs. Harry and Professor Slimbody. I laughed, nudging Rod in the, Rob in the side as we ran down the path together. And you're sure you reversed the controller? I think my friends are a bunch of chickens. Greeny said, bring me some chicken on the way back in. I'm sure there's a Popeye's nearby. Or a farm, yelled, Winnie yelled. Your friends are funny. They are. They'll be your friends too. You'll see. They'll warm up to you. Well, as warm as ghouls can get to a human. I'm really sorry about everything. I'll destroy the controller. Do that now. I wouldn't want it to get into the wrong hands. That could be the end of ghouls. Rod pulled out the chip and removed some of the wirings, crushing the box and shattering, scattering the pieces as they moved down the hill. Where are we going? To my hideout? Are you sure you aren't a ghoul? No, but it looks like I might be friends with one. Coffin first, friend talk later. Got it. I couldn't believe his hideaway was in the shape of a massive skull with a crossbones flag fluttering in the wind. A mighty storm blew in the, from the east and ripping at the edges, tearing the fabric like paper. Inside, he had posters of hand-drawn maps with the cliffs to the secret entrance, the main entryway to the school, and drawn with great detail with the fiery eyes of the spider guards with their skeletal hands. He didn't know a lot about us. Could he be trusted? Rod pulled off a blanket from an object in the corner. It wasn't a crate, but a coffin. My coffin. With my family crest on it and the Valcone seal latched it, it tight. Only the fingerprints of the owner could unlock the coffin so my dirt was safe. I smiled. Thank you. We need to hurry before my grandfather finds out about this. He doesn't want his grandson friends with a ghoul, does he? Nope. How did you guess? Well, it's too late. Help me get this thing back. I lifted it up, feeling some of my strength return just by the smell of the dirt through the wood. It looks like you don't need me. I can't fly it back. It's larger than I can lift in bat form. You can really turn into a bat? I thought that was fake. Nope. Truth. How about garlic? Let's talk vampire lore later. I hear someone. Rod glanced out his school windows. It's my grandpa. Hurry. Down into the tunnel. You have a tunnel? Big enough for us in your coffin. And you're sure you aren't a ghoul? I really like how you decorated the place. No, just a boy with a wild imagination who was once misguided and pro improperly educated about the ghouls. Well, then teach me what I need to know to change our future. My teacher, Mrs. Harry, she does tell me I'm pretty precocious. You too? My Spanish teacher, Mr. Danford, he says the same thing about me all the time, but in Spanish. I make like I understand his speeches by nodding and smiling. Most, I do, most days, I have no clue what he says, but I don't think he's figured that out yet. Are you sure you don't have mind control powers? Not that I'm aware of. Me either, I grumbled, a little disappointed. It wasn't time for all that yet. But who needs them with this smile I've got? I hissed and showed him my fangs. Rod yelled and jumped back, his hand flying over his face as if to ward off an impending attack. This is Rod. Just kidding. 
That wasn't a joke. Neither was stealing my coffin. Okay, we're even. You almost scared me to death. Not likely, I said. Your heart is strong. And how, and you know this because I'm a ghoul. Remember that. I don't think I'll ever forget it. Rod led me through crude tunnels leading to an entrance into Ghoul School that he was sure no one else knew about, unless someone was keeping secrets. Rod waved goodbye and disappeared like a rat, scurrying away. I felt the sun break through the horizon, even though there was no windows to prove it existed. My body could sense the change. Another vampire thing. I opened my coffin and fell inside, closing the lid shut. I think I'll just take me a little nap right here, I said. And that's exactly what I did. Thanks for reading. All right, guys. If you go to jenlowrywrites at gmail.com and send me an email, I'd love to hear what you thought about Ghoul School. You can send me your artwork videos, projects, activities that you've done with the book. And if you would like to go to my website, jenlowrywrites.com, you can download Vlad's journal and you can start keeping your own diary. I hope that you guys have a wonderful day. Bye. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.